Hello and welcome to another edition of Professors at Work, our weekly podcast from the American University of Beirut, where we talk with professors and scholars about the research they're doing, why they chose their topic, what they're discovering, and what it all means for the rest of us. Uh, our guest today is Dr. Ghazi Zahtari, who is a professor and chair of the Pathology and Laboratory Medicine Department uh, at the AUB Faculty of Medicine. Uh, he has had uh, decades of experience in uh, research related to the area of his particular interest, uh, which is very much related to his activism in uh, smoking control uh, protocols around the world, and he has uh, been a leader in that field in the Arab world, and he will tell us about it. So, Dr. Zathari, thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you, Rami, for this invitation. It's a pleasure to be uh, talking to you and to your audience. Uh, thank you. Uh, Let me. Uh, yeah, so tell us, tell us uh, 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 quickly how you got into this field and what is the main theme of the research that you've been doing over all these years and how you got into it. Okay, as a medical student, uh, I was always uh, curious. Well, I enjoyed the clinical medicine, but I was curious to learn more about cell biology, and uh, that was basically the reason I chose uh, pathology and. I was fortunate to get my training at uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Hospital in Baltimore for my pathology training and laboratory medicine training. And then I did a fellowship in surgical pathology at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And as you can tell, this uh, uh, initiated my special interest in diagnosing cancer. And, and uh, that's why uh, 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 and I spent some time in, in the U.S. working in, in several hospitals. And even when I came back to Beirut as a chair of the department, uh, that interest persisted because that's inherent to the things that I do and practice, that is surgical pathology, where primarily with diagnosing disease with a focus on making the diagnosis of cancer and trying to be part of the treating team uh, for uh, such malignancies. Treating and prevention as well, right? Prevention came in later in my career, and I'll highlight on it later on. But yes, I mean, okay. at the beginning, I was like uh, like most physicians, focusing on the diagnosis and treatment, and only later in uh, it, it it allowed me to go into the new realm of uh, prevention. And that was a I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate that I got into this. But at early in my uh, career as a pathologist, the focus of my work was on diagnosing cancer, looking at profile of cancers. Um, I had interest in, in uh, lung pathology, but at the same time, mm -hmm. also had interest in endocrine pathology, those malignancies of the endocrine system. Right. So I've done a, a work in these two areas, and uh, that was the focus looking at the, 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 the profile of these tumors, the pattern of disease. Now, what was interesting to me when I came to Lebanon, uh, and no surprise, uh, to be struck by the high prevalence of lung cancer and urinary bladder cancer. Uh, lung cancer was uh, truly alarming to me. I mean, there will be days when I'll be signing up to seven new cases of lung cancer uh, in, in, in humans. That, wow. that was alarming. And uh, also equally uh, alarming was I was seeing urinary bladder cancer in very young people, uh, individuals that are, you know, I'm talking about people in their 40s, usually bladder cancer is seen in individuals who are in their 50s, 60s, and above. Wow. I was witnessing uh, a, a, an age group where 
were starting to see uh, bladder cancer in them. So that was alarming. And then, uh, indeed, looking into the reason for it, it takes you um, not much time to figure out that uh, this is related to smoking and the way uh, use of tobacco is very rampant in our part of the world, especially mm -hmm. in Lebanon. And not only in traditional cigarette smoking, but in addition also the water pipe tobacco smoking, the argili and the shisha. Yes. And, and, and that was, you know, very, pretty uh, alarming uh, to, to witness such a, uh, a pattern. So I started to look, and in addition, uh, I, I start looking at the growing uh, prevalence of uh, lung cancer in, in women. I looked yes. at the data back in the in the 60s and 70s from our files and the uh, the prevalence of uh, lung cancer in our woman population was about maybe two to five percent but when i started looking at this question i was alarmed to find that the percentage has increased to 25 percent of the total uh, cases that were diagnosed with lung cancer so right. this is again reflective to the uh, pattern of use and the fact that women more and more they were using uh, they were smoking but uh, you were, could you be absolutely sure that this was due to smoking and not something else? Maybe something, you know, yeah, particles uh, in the air or something? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, always there's the environmental factor. But we know without a shadow of doubt today that uh, smoking is uh, directly related to, uh, uh, to, to lung cancer. Right. And, and yes, we, we, we know more even that today there are these genetic factors that may yes. differentiate populations but but uh, but the, the studies that have been done in back in the 50s in the uk and later on in, in the usa uh, both epidemiological studies and experimental studies have confirmed the relationship between the two so it's not a, po a point of question and, and as a matter of fact of the six most common cancers that we see in lebanon mm -hmm. probably in the region four out of the six are, are directly related to smoking. And here specifically, I'm referring to lung cancer, uh, cancer of the larynx, or, you know, the voice box, right. the oral cancer, and also urinary bladder, both wow. in men and women. The, the link there is pretty uh, confirmed, uh, not only by uh, our studies, but also by studies that are, even the, uh, the US general surgeon has been uh, issued a statement regarding this factor and the, the strong link between smoking and the incidence of such cancers. So when you discovered this, uh, you became aware of this, uh, what did you and your colleagues at the AUB Medical Center then decide to do? Uh, we, we were part, we, we established, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, tobacco research uh, uh, group that we founded at AUB mm -hmm. and we started to look into parameters and we were fortunate to, to have such a uh, very uh, talented group of investigators. This included people from the uh, Faculty of Engineering, uh, wow. uh, like Dr. Alain Shahadi. We had uh, individuals from the Faculty of uh, Health Sciences, uh, Dr. Rima Naash, uh, Monique Shaya, and others. Yes. Uh, we had people from the Arts and Sciences and the Political Science individuals looking at the policies. Wow. And uh, also in medicine, uh, several faculty members were looking at the harmful effect of smoking to different populations and with a special interest in water pipe. Because right. of the high prevalence of water pipe use, uh, many of our clinicians were interested in studying 
the effects of water pipe smoking on on the uh, on those who are using this uh, tobacco product. Yes, and you set up this uh, tobacco research group, uh, and so you were moving simultaneously with preventive work geared to policies as well as curative no, work. Uh, and but this is a great question, and I think uh, 2004 was a turning point to me. I mean, prior to that. My focus has been, as I mentioned to you earlier, was focusing on diagnosing cancer and treated cancer and looking at, at it from the perspective of the clinician and the oncologist who were feeding such cancer. Mm -hmm. In 2004, I got this invitation to serve on WHO study group on tobacco product regulation. Mm -hmm. This is a, 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 a group that operates under the, what's called the WHO Tobacco Free Initiative, focusing mm -hmm. on prevention. This was a turning point in my career, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I started working with this group in 2004, and uh, it, it matured over time. And, and in 2008, I became the chair of that committee for the study mm -hmm. group, and I continue to hold that position until the present day. That has wow. given me a, a very broad perspective on, on tobacco use that went beyond my expectations and beyond what I would even imagine at any time in my career, I would be doing that. Wow. So, uh, so basically, this is a group of scientists. We focus exclusively on the science of uh, tobacco use. We don't, we don't deliberate on like advertising, promotions, uh, policy. We, our focus is on the tobacco product itself, learning about the science of it and what would be the bad stuff that these use of these products carry to the human health. Right. And, and uh, that was the, the focus of my work. And as you indicated in the introduction, our group has published the most definitive uh, technical reports on, on different tobacco products that are published annually or every once every two years by WHO. And these are widely available to all those who are interested on WHO website. Mm -hmm. And this includes the advisories on yes. the water pipe use as well as other tobacco products. Now, back to your question. Uh, in, in, in how this changed my life and some of the research that I was doing. While I was doing research on other topics, but this has been shifted my gears into one area of uh, tobacco. We started uh, first uh, looking at the uh, what we call biomarkers of exposure. What do I mean yes. by for those who do not understand this? When we use any product, you need to see how this is reflected itself in, on the on the body. Right, and, and for this person, we were uh, we collaborated with the uh, Syrian Tobacco uh, Research Center in Aleppo at that time, mm -hmm. when things were much peaceful and stable in Syria. Right. And uh, the team here at AUB, we collaborated with with others uh, over in, in uh, with that center. We collected some samples, and we looked at what is what are the what we consider indicators of toxic intoxication. Tox as well as carcinogenicity, so uh -huh. both at blood and urine. And indeed, yeah. we documented in a published study that those who use water pipes are uh, carrying some toxicants into their body and uh, they're excreting it through their urine. So, so this was uh, without any doubt that indeed these, uh, unlike what the industry tries to promote as being harmless, Indeed, there was effect that it, there are uh, there is some damaging effect on on the body by using such a product. Wow! And this is one of the, the, uh, the kind of one of the themes of 
what you and others like you are doing, which is you, you've got to stay, try to stay a step ahead or keep up with the incredible power of the industry. There are many industries that uh, sell tobacco products to young people, to people in the South, to, and now with the vaping and all these uh, new things. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, but before, I mean, but the work was be done on the water pipe, uh, uh, water pipe smoking, myself and others, uh, was the foundation for an, an advisory on this topic. And mm-hmm. also putting recommendations on what regulators in countries can use in order to, uh, to control uh, the, the sale, the use, uh, and the health warnings for individuals by using this product. So, so it, 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 wow. we took it to the second level, and this advisory is widely available and used by several countries in trying to draft the laws that will help them in controlling this year. Now, and this is, a, this is an advisory from the WHO? Yeah, that's correct. This is, right. okay. it, is, it, is uh, it is done by our group, the study group on tobacco product regulation, known as in brief as TOBREG. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, uh, now, it, unrelated to this, it just, it, you know, sometimes in life things come together. Unrelated yeah. to all of this, uh, uh, I was collaborating with Dr. Hussari and Dr. Saban from the uh, medical school here at AUB, looking mm-hmm. at uh, acute lung injury by exposure to high level of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would be ways and means you can do it to reduce this damaging effect? We were more focusing it from the usual because when sometimes when you treat patients with in the uh, intensive care unit because of acute lung injury, you give them a lot of oxygen. And sometimes this can be toxic when you give too much oxygen. So mm-hmm. we were looking at it from a totally different perspective. Now, until we, we applied the model that we are using it, an experimental model in mice, to the work that, uh, to, to tobacco. And then it just happened at that time that uh, e-cigarettes the, the, uh, were getting to be fashionable. And we decided yes. to look at this, how would this affect these mice and look at acute lung injury in, in, in this group of mice. So we had the control group, we exposed wow. them to what we call the aerosol, what you refer to as vaping. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. industry like to use this the term vape because not to confuse it with smoke in order to promote their product. So we and this and then we looked at the at the we, we got these mice into the into the uh, lab. We exposed them to the aerosol of uh, e-cigarettes and then we we we, we sacrificed these animals and then took out the lungs. Looked at all the parameters that will tell us whether there is indeed injury to the lungs or not. And sure enough. We documented in a study that there was a damaging effect on the lung. There is inflammatory mediated. It is not as severe as it is by those mice that were exposed to cigarette smoke, but there was evidence of of injury to the lungs. And this would refute the argument by the industry that these products are harmless, that is, they don't carry any risk. And we take issue with this because, indeed, there is some injury. Definitely, it is less than that of cigarette smoke, but it's far from being nil. Mm-hmm. We carried this into another experiment. We thought, well, what about, well, it is true. What about if I take somebody who has a pre-existing medical condition? That is, if somebody, a diabetic uses the e-cigarette, or if somebody who has hypertension has used the e-cigarette. And we designed an experiment in the lab where we took some mice who were non-diabetic, and we took another group of mice which were diabetic. And we looked, we repeated the same experiment by exposing them to the aerosol of the e-cigarette, uh, and also the, uh, the 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 cigarette smoke, 
Uh-huh. And, and sure enough, uh, those diabetic mice showed exaggerated uh, inflammatory effect and other indicators of lung injury greater than those which were non-diabetic. So again, we know, we know very little about what would be, if you, if you extrapolate this to humans, we don't know the answer to this, but at least, at least would raise the question whether some pre-existing medical conditions may be a more of harm to these individuals compared to those who do not have these pre-existing conditions. So there, uh-huh. the, the word is, is out yet on, on this subject, so we don't know yet, but at least this experiment have just uh, put forward the questions that we need to ask before we rush to embrace the e-cigarette as being a safe product and start promoting it and encourage people to use it indiscriminately. So you, you're, you're still in the process of determining this uh, about e-cigarettes? Yeah, we, vaping? We, now I'm, I'm collaborating with, uh, with we, we're still in the process, we're, we're submitting a grant for a big grant uh, with collaborators from the U.S., uh, South Africa, uh, New Zealand, uh, wow. the Netherlands, and Mexico, and Lebanon is going to be part of the study. It is still, we're submitting a proposal to look at these questions and verifying it. So it is premature for me to make an announcement, but this is the, the, the our pursuit is not, didn't stop, and we're trying to pursue this on, a, on an international level. Right. Now, back, so, back to the, yeah, uh, uh, Just that we only have about four, four minutes left, so uh, I just want to have enough time at the end for you to tell us where you are now and then what is your next research I would, for? I would quickly uh, say also that we extrapolated the same work we did with the e-cigarettes with the heated tobacco products. People are far familiar with ICOS and uh, GLOW. These are the new fashionable products, the novel tobacco products. Mm-hmm. We, are, uh, we looked at them also in our experimental model and indeed we documented that they have a damaging effect on the lungs and there is no wow. injury by the use of these products. Uh, it is more than that of e-cigarettes, uh, but uh, and, and less than that of uh, cigarette smoke, but again, uh, far from being harmless. Uh, just for the listeners, uh, e-cigarettes do not control, uh, do not contain tobacco. The e-liquid contains nicotine only, mm-hmm. while, the, uh, while the heated tobacco products are different products, and indeed they have tobacco leaves in the, in the uh, sticks. Wow. So, uh, so just wanted to give you that uh, we, we, this is an ongoing work. We, we, we're far from being over with this. We'll be carrying working this over the coming period uh, on top of the other things that I'll be doing, other the research that I'm doing with my collaborators here at AUB and AUBMC. And you've, you and your colleagues here and in other countries have worked uh, over time to try to take this knowledge and um, use it to impact on government policies, on advertising, promotion product, uh, tobacco uh, use, etc. So can you, if you're looking back now, can can you generalize it all, say, well, we've been able to reduce tobacco use around the world, or we haven't been able to, or in some places we have? No, we have. I think in some countries we were successful. Unfortunately, just, just this morning I was uh, talking about regulation in, in, uh, in countries where there are emergency situations, and it's uh-huh. no surprise to you that the, we have our first share in this part of the world. And right. that's why we have not been doing as well as other regions of the world, and and, and that's that's why it is a disappointment. Uh, and uh, but uh, we we continue to pursue this. Uh, I think uh, I can say that my, much of what we have done in our work, not only myself, I think all the work that has been done in this field has contributed to the reduction of the 
of the use of tobacco worldwide. I think, uh, uh, as you know very well, I serve on uh, as a consultant to WHO. I've uh -huh. served, uh, attended many of what we call these conference of parties. These are uh, international global meetings that take place once every two years. The next one is coming up next month, where uh, much of the science we have learned, much of the experience that I shared with you was also uh, uh, facilitated uh, decisions uh, uh, to be adopted by uh, the WHO and be promoted worldwide in order to, to help out in regulating these products and bring a better life and happier life to, to, to all of us. Well, on that happy note, uh, looking to the future, uh, Dr. Azizatari, we have to come to the end of our time. I really thank you for uh, being with us and sharing this overview of what you've done and, and where you're going next and the uh, impact that this is having on people's lives all over the world uh, and coming out of university research, which is uh, something I think people are very um, proud of at AUB, especially the multidisciplinary um, collaboration you uh, you described. That's indeed, it's, it's a pleasure to be at this institution and be, I'm, I'm proud with the, uh, I, I was fortunate, I have to say, with the, having such a uh, talented and skilled people that I'd be able to work with and try to uh, advance the science at, at multiple uh, frontiers. Right. Well, um, and AUB is fortunate to have you. So thank you for our audience for listening. Our guest has been Dr. Ghazi Zatari, Professor and Chair of the Pathology and Laboratory Medicine Department at the AUB uh, Faculty of Medicine. Thank you all for being with us. Join us again next week for another episode of Professors at Work. I'm your host, Rami Khoury. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.